Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Bean. This week, we're going to be circling back on a discussion that we had a couple weeks back. A couple weeks back, we were joined by our good friend, Mr. Steve Tyson, a.k.a. Elect, to discuss the year of 1993 in hip-hop. And Snoop Dogg was a huge part of that discussion. But at the end of that episode, you know, I don't know if we actually settled on who won the year. Because there was a lot of options. There was Method Man, Queen Latifah, Snoop. But I think after this past week, it's definitively Snoop won the year. I mean, he's definitely out in front right now, for sure. Yeah, just performed a dope Super Bowl halftime show and acquired Death Row Records and released a new album, BODR, back on Death Row. And... I don't know if there's a question anymore after this past week. Yeah, like this was supposed to be like Dr. Dre. And I know sort of, and we'll get into sort of about the the performance itself, but this was supposed to be like a Dr. Dre thing. And I kind of think that Snoop, with all of that, not just the halftime show, but also, yeah, the acquisition of Death Row and the new album, there's a there seems he seemed to like overshadow Dr. Dre. Like he seemed to be the like the guy from the weekend, at least for me. Yeah, I he's what definitely stuck with me the most. I think his outfit had a lot to do with it, honestly. It was like, whoa. The outfit, <laughs> the dancing, the like just him kind of chilling on a couch, bopping his head, and still like somehow like he's trying not to be a distraction, but at the same time you kind of just want to watch him the entire time during 50s performance, I think it was, or it was one of them. I forget which one. I mean, well, really, all of them. Anytime the camera cut to him, the positive vibes just emanating out of his chest were kind of overshadowing everything else that was going on. I texted you that after that that performance, I was like, Snoop is the MVP of this Super Bowl. It was it was a boring Super Bowl. We were in the middle of it. It was a boring Super Bowl until the end, the last drive. Right, but, but up until that point, it was pretty clear that Snoop won. <laughs> the Super Bowl and was the MVP. Yeah, like, it was great to see Dr. Dre. Glad he's up and moving and able to perform in the way that he did after his with health scare. What was it? He had a stroke or was it? Uh, I don't know if it was Either way, he he was almost, he he was hospitalized, man. So, uh, but yeah, so obviously one of the things, I mean, gin and juice I know is a thing. We never hear him talk about beer. Uh, We've heard him talking about other forms of liquor. We've even old English actually referenced in, uh, a couple of songs but maybe not beer but i do have a beer that i don't know this could be a slight stretch that i think could be a connection because when i saw it and when i saw the name i thought that i immediately thought about dr Dre, who of course we're going to be talking about a bit and i feel like he always refers to the studio as the lab and equilibrium and parish did a collaboration out of the was it straight out of the lab or straight out of the laboratory and then uh from equilibrium and ghost in the machine from Parrish Brewing House, and they put those two together to make Ghost in the Laboratory. So I like to just call it Ghost in the Lab. I kind of just feel like it just reminds me of Dr. Dre for some reason. So I concur. You think it works? Okay. Well, we'll go with it. But anyways, going to open it now. So. I guess I should also point out 
that one of his other things is one of his favorite pastimes is smoking weed. I may have done that as well, just to like really get into mindset. I mean, he did it before the Super Bowl, so. I mean, it's kind of his whole thing. It does seem like it's his thing, right? Very much so. So now that we're good and stoned slash lubricated like Snoop Dogg would want us to be, let's talk about this halftime show. So we already discussed how, you know, up until that point, it was the most exciting part of the game, which I think was is accurate. Beam, for you, what was one of the highlights of that halftime show? One of your, like, favorite moments from that kind of 35-minute set piece that was just kind of all jumbled together, but in a very awesome way. I think my favorite moment from it, other than, as I we already mentioned, Snoop Dogg, just being there, like, the outfit that he had that either was partially a nod to the LA Rams or as well as, you know, the colors of his gang uh, that he is, I think, still a part of or always reps him and always shouts him out. Uh, The Crips, Crip walked, threw up the seas. He was just so entertaining in so many ways. And like you said, just putting out all these really positive vibes. But I think the thing that really stood out for me, and maybe it's a bias because of how much I love him, when Kendrick came out and did his performance, it was just like, there he is again. And it was just so cool to see him on that stage. And just, I know he's done like the Grammys and a bunch of other stuff, but the Super Bowl is, I feel like a whole other thing. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a whole nother level of like spectacle. Yeah. And so I just kind of feel like his performance, he's such a showman too. I mean, we saw that when we, when we saw him at governor's ball back in 2012, um, again, when I saw him at the Saratoga Performer Arts Center, also known as SPAC, and he just knows how to to put on a performance, almost more so, I feel like, than any of them. Because all Snoop was doing was just, like, living life. Kendrick is making an experience, and I feel like in the short window that he had, he definitely accomplished that. Yeah, that was my second favorite moment of the entire show, was Kendrick's performance of All Right. Your favorite was when Snoop Dogg was hanging upside down, wasn't it? Or not Snoop, 50 Cent was hanging upside down. Butchered that. That was uh, interesting. That was my most interesting moment. I'll get to my favorite in a moment. But the use of uh, the kind of militaristic dancing was really cool um, as the background dancers. And mm-hmm. like you said, you know, Kendrick is just such a captivating performer, no matter whether it's a stage or a camera, like he just dominates it and captures the audience's attention no matter what kind of what the environment is and so his performance of all right was very much like up there with my favorite moments from the entire thing don't have kendrick on any of your songs <laughs> and don't for damn sure don't invite him to be a part of your super bowl halftime he's just gonna outshine you like all of a sudden they tried to go to like Eminem doing lose yourself. And I was just kind of like, yeah, but let's go back to Kendrick. <laughs> I know that uh, that was the thing is like put Kendrick at the end because I just wanted more Kendrick. Um, so yeah, that was my second favorite moment. My favorite moment was actually when Dr. Dre sat down at the piano and he started playing the intro to still Dre just himself on the piano. It seemed like nothing else was going on. And they had done it a couple times throughout the show where they, like, teased a song but then didn't really do it. And I'll get to that in a minute with my nitpicks. But when he did that and then they delivered with Still Dre and it was an awesome performance of Still Dre, that was my favorite thing. Like, just Dre sitting on 
on the piano, hitting those keys, and then going into the song. I absolutely love that. Still Dre is one of my favorite songs from them. So I was really glad they delivered on that one. Yeah, that was a really cool part. Um, there's a podcast I listened to called the Co-Main Event Podcast, which had done this and Ben Folks. It's about MMA. <clears throat> of course, we all know about my love for MMA. But they did point, they talked about the Super Bowl halftime show and they pointed that part out and they're like, that was so cool. Like I got, they're like, I, you know, they got so jacked when they heard that song. They're like, forget the fact that when he stopped playing, the piano kept going. But either way, that was such a cool <laughs> moment. But I mean, I, I do, I did. So I watched that. I watched the halftime show again for, in preparation for this episode. And yes, that does seem to happen, but I feel like for this is going to sound weird. It was a whole other piano part, and he, I think he did play that part live. I feel like everything that was done was live. It definitely was. I mean, a lot of live instrumentation. Yeah. And it was very good, too. Oh, no, it was it was all very good. Yeah, I mean, do, during Lose Yourself and the guys that were playing behind him, I mean, fucking Anderson Pock was on the drums you're not gonna you're not gonna do like have him play like a pre-recorded thing plus i don't know if you can do that with drums anyways uh someone's gonna hear it over the actual music <laughs> i loved anderson pock just sitting on the drum set kind of rocking out i that was that was a great part of it i did wish they just allowed him to do like a little snippet of something of anderson pock's because i'm such a fan of his music especially the the malibu record but just to have him there i was i was i was jazzed about that yeah, I, what, who does who does Andrew? Who, I don't know who he signed under. He doesn't have any much else to do with Trey, right? Or does he? No, just the West Coast connection, really. No, I mean, I think the only thing. So, I mean, you mentioned just sort of like him sitting down and doing that. Like, I agree. And still, Dre is one of my favorite, favorite, um, favorite Doctor Dre songs uh, that he has. Just and him and Snoop too. Just they're so. They just mesh so well together. It's always when you see them get back together, you don't care how many times you may have seen or heard it. It's 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 still always cool to witness. Um, delight. And what I did like about the whole thing overall, which I guess is another kind of it's not a highlight, but it's one of my favorite things about the performance itself was eventually it was a, basically as much as there were Dre's songs. It was Dre just sort of like, here's some of the work I did to get where I'm at. But here are the fruits of my labor. You have Eminem clearly brought up by him, you know, Eminem who got 50 where he was and then whatever 50 did after that. Um, Mary J. Blige, a little bit of a stretch. I mean, he did uh, produce Family Affair, which obviously is one of her biggest singles. Uh, I think it's her only number one single on the Billboard charts or uh, something to that effect. So like, I guess that there there is that connection. And then Kendrick, you know, I think Kendrick, I think Kendrick needed maybe more help with what his vision was in a lot of ways um, to get to where he is. But, you know, Kendrick, you know, once I think Kendrick could have been big on his own, maybe just not in the way that he's executing it at this level. However, you know, Dre and Snoop um, play, have played a large role in his development as an artist, as a superstar. So it was almost kind of, a, and, and obviously we know Dre, with Snoop, but it almost just kind of felt like it was for both of them, a celebration of both of them as much as it was just Dr. Dre. So that, that, that part was really cool for me. Yeah. The interconnectedness of all the performers being there and they're all very connected to Dr. Dre. That was like a cool thing um, because often it seems like it's just kind of a smattering of performers. And this time it was all linked to kind of that headliner, Dr. Dre. 
and all of these people that were kind of under his umbrella as an artist. So I, I agree with you. That was like a cool part of the spectacle, them all being there together. That's what made it a, at least the execution of it very good. Yeah, and very coherent. It felt like a coherent show. You know, the kind of big set piece with the house with the multi-levels and the way they kind of moved around it. Like, it was cool. What did you think of that set? Like, just Snoop so casually just walking from room to room. (laughs) I mean, I was kind of put off at first, but then the way that they used the space and Snoop just kind of wandering throughout the house like he owned the place, which he did. um, Yeah, loved it. I ended up liking it a lot. Yeah, I mean, did you watch it? once or just a couple times on this i mean yeah i watched it a couple times afterwards just because i was like that was a delight i'm i'm just gonna sit here with it a little bit longer i mean so i don't know do we get into our nitpicks then yeah i think you know i don't so much have criticisms because like, like we've said this was just delightful it was the best part of the super bowl up to that point like i don't have a criticism but i do have like a couple things that i just wish had happened or had gone on a little bit longer. You know, I mentioned the kind of snippet part, how they kind of teased songs, but then didn't really perform them. We talked about Kendrick Lamar. Mad City is my favorite song. They played it for about five seconds, but then cut it off after the yak, yak, yak part. So like if I'm nitpicking, I just kind of wish they let him do Mad City for a little bit longer and then transition to All Right or just made mad city the thing because i love that song so much but it, again it's just a nitpick i mean all right yeah because that's the one, my biggest nitpick is i wish i had more kendrick on that i when i heard the opening of good kid mad city or of mad city i was just like who wait they're letting him do this on the super bowl halftime show which they didn't um he even had to edit like that uh, obvious opening part all right you know i i, I it was a great performance of it also weird that he had to edit sort of what he had to say, which I, I get it to a certain extent because I think this whole thing is going to be something bigger than just them performing on this. I, I We're probably going to see, I mean, the thing is, is that it's, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show seems to always be sort of slow in what is actually cool and trending sort of thing because, yeah, this is cool for us. My parents texted me or my mother texted me. It was like, what did, what did you guys think? And then I was just like, it was great. And then she was like, oh, I must be old. And I go, well, yeah, <laughs> of course. And, you know, maybe some younger people hopefully discovered it, which I know was kind of the stuff with like some of the earlier ones. So, so um, I was going to save this to the end, but this seems like a good part to bring this up. I read this delightful tweet from Roger Sherman. He's a NFL writer for The Ringer, mm-hmm. and he tweeted out during it. Everybody born between 1985 and 1995 saw the Super Bowl halftime show lineup and was like, sweet. Instead of doing a show for old people like the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney or The Who, they did one for us young people. And then 10 seconds later, it hit us. We're fucking old, dude. <laughs> we're, the, we're the fucking old people now. We are those people now. And but it, like the music's so much cooler. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No. And I know everyone thinks that about like their era of music and we're just being those people again. But like that was objectively one of the best Super Bowls ever, apart from like Prince playing Purple Rain in the rain. Like that was just like an otherworldly moment. And I know this is I know we were just kind of going through nitpicks, but I just kind of getting to that point though. Uh or to that point of like just sort of how how long ago this was or just this lineup of artists. But it almost seems like 
this is actually the that entire performance was the evolution of Dr. Dre. Because you had Dr. Dre, first it was his collaboration with Snoop. And then I think one of his biggest accomplishments, like post, you know, uh, his own uh, albums is who he has produced. Eminem being the biggest of all of them. And then Eminem, you know, I know Mary J. Blige being there, which I guess that's sort of a loose connection. Uh, this doesn't tie in with my my sort of theory or at least hypothesis here of what this was about. But obviously with Eminem, he then tapped... Uh, you know, basically it was one of his, basically one of Dre's own going out and tapping 50 cent. But then at the same time, the guy that everyone is passing the torch to the future Kendrick Lamar. So yes, it was kind of for us old people, but at the same time, it was just kind of like the story of like basically Dr. Dre's career in a way. Yeah, it was. And I think Kendrick being there, there's still stuff for the young people. I mean, Kendrick's biggest record was 10 years ago. So even right. kids who are teenagers now, like they grew up with Kendrick. They remember damn, or at least they should, if they listen to anything resembling good music. I'm glad we were able to rationalize this, that it wasn't completely for us. Old. <laughs> uh, my only other nitpick that I just wanted to bring up real quick is, you know, I've stated before, I'm not the biggest fan of Eminem. I respect his skill like massively. I, I know he's a great rapper. I would never, ever deny that, but I just don't love his music all that much. And honestly, Lose Yourself is probably my least favorite song of his, at least of the hits. So I know it had to be Lose Yourself. If he performed anything other than Lose Yourself, 70% of people would be upset. I just wish he got real weird and did like Stan. (laughs) It would have been such a flex if he got up there and started doing a Dido sample and did Stan. It would have been so fucking sick. Know what I would have done if he did stand. I don't I know mean, what anyone would have done. That was a single of his, which when you when you do think about it, that's fucking insane that it was a single. But it was, it was also- a huge single. Devin Sawa in that video, like it was massive. Forgot that was Devin. I'm just now realizing it was Devin because <laughs> I didn't know who that was up until I heard about my wife's obsession with him through this podcast. However, I mean that would have been great. I thought that, that was a single. That's such a crazy concept for a song too yeah it's insane insane story uh that that he concocted or maybe it happened and like somehow he's just i feel man he's eminem just feels dark now like it feels like he was bubbly and just trying to overcompensate for how dark he was and now he just is (laughs) he's just become that guy he's become darkness um no so the one thing that i i mean kind of going into one of my nitpicks was that he didn't do My Name Is. I really think it should have been that. Like, that's the song I feel like it should have been. Because it also would have been real weird. It also, it would have been weird because it's a very violent, tongue-in-cheek, transgressive song, which is why they didn't let him do it. Like, Lose Yourself, the pump-up anthem. Like, it just, it had to be. But there were so many directions that could have been that would have been more interesting. I understand it, but I just kind of wanted it. Um... I also just w- wish they let him go off on his verse for Forgot About Dre because they teased it with him, too. And I love his verse from Forgot About Dre. I think it's one of his best works. So upset that he can do it. What if they did? Um, shit. What's the song where he they're the devil and God? Oh, guilty conscience. conscience. Yeah, what if they did that? That would like the whole song front to like start to finish. That would have been. That's another flex that could have been. And just 
there's so many possibilities with Eminem and Lose Yourself just felt like the safe choice. I get it, but I just, it could have been so weird for a moment and I would have loved it. But he lived life on the edge and still no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I I would have liked a different song from Eminem, but I, I, no, I understand why it was Lose Like, for some reason, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I had no idea what song it was going to be. I was just like, I didn't even think about Lose Yourself because it it's become that very, I, I don't, dislike it as much as you do but now it's just kind of a cheesy one to me it is it's just like a cheesy generic like kind of happy song and it's not really eminem like it's his movie character this like rags to riches like it's from the eight mile soundtrack so it's like a character it's not really eminem so that's yeah it's just whatever if eminem could have been less controversial it would all (laughs) more of his songs would be like lose yourself so no you had to go with lose yourself so yeah i would have liked a different song choice for him this might be a controversial uh, opinion on my part. I could have done without Dr. Dre in this, or not Dr. Dre, that would have been absurd. I could have done without 50 Cent in this entire performance and just give Kendrick another song. Because everyone else seemed to have gotten two songs and he came in for one song um, in the club, which I, I will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be perfectly honest, as I was listening, watching it today and listening to that song, I have no feelings towards that song. Oh, I love it. I, I think Into Club is a classic. and I know, has... I know that it is, but for some reason, like, I understand it. Like, I don't hate it, but I also, I'm I'm basically indifferent on Into Club. I mean, I think a lot of people are. Um, if getting 50 out meant Kendrick could have gone longer, then I'm all for it. But I didn't mind having Into Club there. I also like that he was hanging upside down. That was a uh, choice, capital C choice. It, it certainly was a capital C choice. And I knew immediately, I'm like, the memes that are going to come out for this are absolutely phenomenal, will be absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I think I, well, I, will, I, I also have to admit that when I first watched it, number one, I was heavily intoxicated by the halftime. And... I just remember, like, I couldn't really tell what the fuck Dr. Dre was sitting at, realizing it was just him acting like he was in the studio, just messing with knobs and stuff like that, which I also love that he just kept going back to it. I love that he just kept up the theme of it, where, he, like, when someone was performing, he was over at the control boards, like, bobbing his head, like, as if he was in the studio kind of thing. I think he was producing the whole thing from from that house. <laughs> I don't actually think that, but... From the house. <laughs> or he was. Uh, what did you think of Mary J. Blige's performance? I mean, I love No More Drama. I think Mary yeah. J. Blige is a phenomenal performer. Um, and I get why she was there. But at the same time, energy-wise, it didn't match kind of the rest of it. But I didn't. I, I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other towards it. it I, like she, she, I, I feel like her range isn't what it used to be sort of vocally in some ways. Um, so I think it was just weird. I think it was one of those things she came on and we actually, there was like, how many of us in the room? There was like five of us in the room watching it. And we, at, at the beginning we were like, cause I'm not as familiar with Mary J. Blige, but, and she came on and I was like, wait, who is this? Her? And it, it took me a second to see. And I'm like, why does she seem like she's struggling to dance and everything? I don't know. It just like seemed really weird, but I watched it today though and had more of an appreciation for it. So I'm going to blame it on the alcohol, uh, but it just at the time, I was just like, what is, what, what is this? And why is this happening? So, um, I don't know. No, I get that. 
I have one stray observation that I want to share with you before we kind of move on to talk about Snoop's new record. Please do. There was just one thing that kind of lingered in my brain and was a little bit causing some kind of cognitive dissonance. So you have these performers and their songs have these kind of anti-police messages and they are existing in the songs that they performed. You know, Kendrick has his line, you know, we hate Popo, want to gun us down in the street for show on his song. All right. And then there's a line from Dr. Dre's still Dre, where he says, um, what do you say? Still puffing my leaves, still fuck with the beats, still not loving police. And those were included in the performance. Meanwhile, what? Popo wasn't. Well, but the part was, and we all know. Right. Everyone knew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it was just creating this cognitive dissonance in my mind because here we are at the NFL's biggest stage, the league that essentially blacklisted Colin Kaepernick for leading a anti-police brutality protest. And then there's these artists and I know they're like trying to get better, but like at the same time, it's just like, it felt like one of those fake moments where it's like, we accept everybody. Meanwhile, you're the fucking NFL and you're getting sued by Brian Flores for racist hiring practices. And it's just like, eh. So I wanted to enjoy it for that, but that was just lingering in the back of my head. And I just wanted to put it out there. Well, they never actually banned kneeling, so. <laughs> I mean, they did it, but they did. <laughs> right. Um. So, and then they allowed it. Like, it's like, what? Uh, anyway. fucking dumb. Um, I, I, yeah, I hear that. I, I think I, I, I also had that sort of that sort of conflict when sort of viewing this as well. But also at the same time, I think, and I got it. I don't know. I got it. I know. I think Dre actually sort of addressed this because they had to have these conversations about removing Popo from from uh, Kendrick's song, even though he literally says they want to kill us in the streets for show. Or like, yeah, okay, we know what you're referring to. Uh, but, you know, obviously they allowed Eminem to kneel, which they let Eminem kneel, but they wouldn't let Kendrick. Anyway, uh, so, and then obviously what you mentioned with Dre, but at the same time, like, it, this is kind of a big step forward. Like, when have we seen something no, like it is. It's It's important that it happened in, like, a performance that's centered around almost entirely black entertainers and performers and artists. So also- black, right? no um but predominantly like a black performance and that's great and i loved it and it was directly in my wheelhouse but it just created that moment of like guys really but ultimately i did love it just wanted to put it out there you think that the move should have been they they should have never done this i mean because doesn't jay-z no no no. they had to like i think they absolutely should have done it i just wish i don't know what i wish (laughs) like i don't have a wish this is absolutely an amazing halftime performance. I loved it. It's just like, I I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, but I just, you know, that's that's how it felt. There's conflicting feelings with an organization that clearly has not um, matured or just, you know, <laughs> has not been doing the right thing all the time and has stumbled hilariously and horrifyingly throughout all of this. It's a fucked up league and I love it, but I hate it. It's very, it's just honestly describes my entire relationship with the NFL, honestly, like in a nutshell. <laughs> For whatever reason, I love this sport, even though I have all this knowledge about what it does to the people who play it. But 
Oh no! At the same time, I've had how many concussions in my life, and it hasn't been from sports. It's just from new shit, apparently. So you know, come on. Um, no, that that is kind of a hard thing uh, to to sort of combine the two. But you know, like now, I'm curious. What are they going to do next year? I don't know. It's interesting. What if if Wu Tang headlined? I'd love it. Bring the whole Wu Tang, you know, minus ODB. But just bring the whole Wu-Tang and let them do their thing. I'd love it. What would that look like? That would be insane. It, it would be, be so fun. Would be awesome. Like the high production Wu-Tang performance. Or you could do like a bad boy thing. You know, you had the Dr. Dre West Coast thing and now maybe do like bad boy, bring back the locks. Um, yes. Bring yep. back Mace. Get Mace back out of retirement. Let him do some things. Well, let, get Mace back and let him do old Mace. Yeah. That's all we really want to hear. Yeah. Um, so let's transition and let's talk about Snoop's new record because he dropped this record BODR, which stands for Back on Death Row. Um, he acquired Death Row and is putting out a new record on it. You know, Beam, how'd you feel about this album? So a lot of it just feels it's kind of a, a look back on everything because it it just feels like it's a nostalgia thing for him because he just acquired Death Row, which launched him into who he is. Superstardom. Yeah, exactly. When I listen to it, the begin a lot of albums like this can be can be like this for me because I feel like sometimes like these ones that are that reach about an hour long status, there's going to be some that maybe you could have left off. But at, overall, I really really like this record. I don't. I it, for some reason it, it it's I haven't really fully sat down with this new album in quite some time, other than like doggy style. But man, this one I I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. Snoopy Don't Go, like the last song too. That is just like for some reason I, I I love that. I love it so much. I, I don't I don't know why. Yeah, no, I mean overall I really enjoyed it. I feel the same way. I mean, this is by no means like a classic record, but it felt great to just kind of hang out with Snoop again for an hour and just like listen to Snoop do his thing. And it's yeah. a very enjoyable record, a very easy listen. Because the songs are very quick, um, so it's not any kind of masterpiece. But I, like, I really enjoyed just listening to and hanging out with Snoop for a while. It's great. I think that's what he's able to do with all of his records. Like, I mean, I feel like that's what it, he his his career in general is sort of like. In the beginning, I think he had some like great rhymes, like great songs that he had. Um, but I think as he just keeps out putting out albums, just like he's just trying to work. He's just trying to put out music. He's just trying to basically be work. He's the most like he inspires other stoners to <laughs> be as productive as he is because the yeah. man is he stays working it feels like no and so we're going to do a little like categories about the album in a moment but i just have to bring this up since we're talking about it one of those categories is going to be best lines and there's a line on the intro track still smoking and it essentially i'd say is the thesis statement for the whole album he says, not here to debate, just simply want to vibe and create. That's just, that's that's Snoop Dogg in a nutshell. He's just trying to vibe and put stuff out there. It's great. Oh, it's it's awesome. I didn't have as much time to like go through lyrics and, and as much as I would have liked to with this album. Because um, I did hear some stray lines here and there that I really like, but there's a lot of stuff on this that I liked. I will say what did stand out to me, and I had to go and make sure that I looked up the lyrics to this to make sure what I was hearing was correct. It's all from the song, get this dick. And it's (laughs) the chorus from Will Duvall, uh, 
where he's just singing. He's like, whenever you need it, I'll be there to beat it. No, you were come on over and get this dick. And like, I love the fact that someone's saying get this dick and just sort of this upward sort of inflection and just like, as if they're just like doo-wop and just like kind of like shuffling back and forth and just rocking their shoulders. Like, come over and get this dick. It's just like, I don't know why. It's delightful. It really is. So good. So that is one of my favorite lines from this because I just love the fact that Snoop Dogg made a song that features this and literally named his song, Get This Dick. All right. So while we're just in this space, let's just keep doing the best line. So I have two more for you and and you can add to them if you want. This one is from Sandwich Bag. Mm. He says, she up and down on my pole, but this ain't no election. Real big fan of that one. Dude, I love that. I remember that line because that is one. So I was feeding Cole and we were listening to this album. (laughs) Cole's going to have really good taste. Dude, Cole is going to have such a fucked up. He's having a really weird upbringing. It's not like fucked up, but it's like he's been watching. And this is alluding to a a episode we're going to do later. He's been watching a lot of violent Nicolas Cage films, but also listening to a lot of hip hop. And it's just like his his view on the world is just going to be like, I I don't fully know reality at this stage. So no one does these days. So I will say like one of my favorite songs on this doggy silent. And there is a line in here that I actually really like for some reason, whenever I hear it, I love it. Murder case beat the tri- beat the trial. I tell all the homies turn around while I fuck this world doggy style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Snoop. I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> when you put when you put the qualifier actually on it, what do you mean actually love this line? You don't like the other ones? No, I love I love I love all the other. <laughs> it's more just like that's that's just a great line. I shouldn't have used the word actually. That's my fault. It was misusing the word actually. That actually qualifier is always the worst. You know, you're actually kind of smart. It's like oh, it's just Ooh. icky. Um, my last one is the hook on jerseys and the rafters. He says, stomp down pterodactyl raptors, game sustain, my New Jersey's in the rafters. And I just love that he was able to talk about pterodactyl raptors in a song. That's delightful. That's amazing. That is kind of an accomplishment. (laughs) I don't know many others who like name dinosaurs in their raps. So that was great. Loved it. Man, the more I like talk about this as we continue talking about this, I'm loving this album even more. (laughs) Yeah, you got to go back and just like pick out these lines. It's great. Ah, dude, it's so good. Yeah, so. All right, so let's talk about some of the guest verses on here. I have two that really stood out to me. The first one, it's not a verse, but it's a hook. Nas's hook on Conflicted is really, really fucking good. And again, it's just like a little nitpick. I do wish they gave him an actual verse on the song and didn't have him just like do the hook. I would agree. Him and Snoop Dogg on a track together doing that hook, like, just great. I love that song a lot. Oh, no, I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I wanted to highlight was Nas on this record. One of my favorite parts on this. Um, yeah, his chorus. If if God for me, who could be against me? You know, the, the, I mean, I, for some reason, I love that line. Uh, and just everything else on this is is, is great. Uh, having Nas on it, too, and, and having sort of the east side, west side kind of thing, which I know yeah. that's squashed a long long time ago but to have it on a on a record that is referencing death row and what death row meant in the early that 
in that relationship. Yeah, I know. It's it's a good moment, and I like you know. And anytime you just have like Nas and Snoop Dogg, like name alone, like you have to be excited about that. Like yeah. just them on a track together. It's like yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be great, and it is great. I think it delivers. It's a good song. No, it's a it's a fantastic song, and uh, it it is one of my favorite tracks on this one too, uh, other than Get the Stick. But uh, this is this is this is definitely a standout for me. And then the other guest verse, and this might just be like old me, but I also love when him and the game are on uh, jerseys in the rafters. The game's verse is really good, like very good. Maybe the best on the record, like Snoop Dogg, anyone else. I really like the game's verse on that. I feel like I like the game more when he does features. And this one in general was was really, really good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, you know. I was like, yep, 50 Bloods when I showed up. I don't know what this uh, has to... It was is, game, is the game a part of the Bloods? Yeah. Wow. So that's another thing, too. You got a Crip and a Blood, like, rapping on the same track, too, which is is something to behold, sort of, when you are looking at, at, at sort of these things. But, no, the game the game goes real hard on, on, on this verse and definitely one of my favorites. Do you have a favorite verse of his on this one? A favorite line of his? Yeah, a favorite line, sorry. I don't have anyone in particular. It's just kind of the whole... Um the whole verse and the way it matches up. Like, I think that's probably like the grimiest song, kind of the darkest song on the record and having Snoop Dogg and the game kind of on this like old school gangster rap track. I just really dig the kind of whole vibe and the way that the game fits into that. And you know what you mentioned, I actually like game in features as well. I feel like the game's whole shtick and thing can get old when I'm just listening to a game record but when I just listen to like parts of him, I'm like, oh man, he goes fucking hard. There's definitely elements of him that I really like. And that's, I think, where you have the ability to to come on features and kind of put your stuff out and where it's not an entire album of it. Yeah, I I, I do really enjoy it. So he 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 is considered, by, I think, for me, one of the all times in terms of uh, feature artists. I mean, you could say Kendrick too, but it's just like, it's always just a mistake. That's not fair. <laughs> but also... Two chains. If you got two chains in a feature, it's probably going to be fucking awesome. So agreed. I wish two chains was on this record to be great. Oh my god! If two chains is on every record, <laughs> it automatically elevates the record. Did you have any other uh, guest verses that you want to shout out real quick? None that really actually stood out. I think those two that you mentioned are two of the best because Nas is one that really stuck out to me. I mean, Nate Dog, a posthumous uh, Nate Dog. Uh, feature on here was kind of cool actually I, I i very much enjoyed it it was kind of weird to hear it um it was I, you know, I liked it being on there though like a, a shout out to nate dog who is so important to this whole kind of crew and death row records i i like that it was on there it was a little bit weird um to hear but i i did really like it yeah so i mean having having him on there was great um and also, too, it's the nod to to Death Row and just sort of his place and everything. But, um, oh, and I, you know, I already mentioned it. Lil Duval in October London. I mean, that 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 feature out there. Get this dick, oh, dude. It's just <laughs> Chef's kiss. I can't. I can't handle it. Like it's, it's literally one of the greatest things I've ever heard. So, uh, um, if they could just be like, I, I don't know, if they could just follow me around during my day. <laughs> the greatest thing ever um yeah i don't know all right let's do uh favorite tracks real quick 
I have five that I listed, but two don't really count. So I'll just do my three. The first one is still smoking the opening track. I mm-hmm. think it's a great kind of kicking it to the old school G funk beat. Yep. And it has the thesis statement of the record. I don't want to debate. I'm just here to vibe and create love it. Um, so still smoking is a great way to kick off this record. Uh, what's one of your favorite tracks? So, I mean, I know I mentioned him earlier. I mean, again, I, I will always give a shout out to get this dick. Uh, Doggy Stylin is definitely one of my favorites on this. Um, also still kind of had that vibe with it and just, and, and also the lyrics in it were just fucking phenomenal. As I kind of mentioned earlier, um, conflicted is another one that I really, really liked as well, which I know we just kind of went over. Um, yeah, conflicted in jerseys and the rafter rafters we talked about, but those are my other two like standout tracks that those two and still smoking, you know, I think those are kind of like the three strongest on the record. And then the other one, I'm I'm gonna th- this is this is kind of an obscure one, but I I really kind of like the song Daddy. I don't know why, but <laughs> I think it really is the line. Welcome to my family from me to you. I ain't your father, bitch. I'm your daddy. Or I ain't your father. I'm your daddy, bitch. For some reason, that's just a hilarious line to me. And I I, I also... So did you see the short film that he released? I did. Uh, in this... The segment where he wrapped this song, because it was all basically just a vignette of videos from yeah. uh, featuring songs from the album... For some reason, when he was just singing it, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I can vibe to this. I don't know why. And the way he just like hit the, I ain't your father. I'm your daddy, bitch. And I was just like, all right, yeah, I'm, that's, that, that hit hard. It's the thing about Snoop Dogg. Like, the way he delivers things in his vocal inflection is one of the best things about him. Um, because he can spin any line and just make it sound cool or threatening or whatever he wants to make it. So it's just like a great part of Snoop Dogg. Also, too... Who the fuck is Emo Trap? That's a hell of a name. I I had no idea, and then he came on with the auto-tune thing, and I was like, I don't hate this, actually. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was going to when I saw Emo Trap. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought the same thing, but I don't know. The more that I was listening to this and then listen, I you know, watched the, watch the, I guess, the short film and then this, and then listening to it again and reading the lyrics with it, I was just like, man, you know what? This song actually kind of rules. So this is this is one I didn't know that I really liked, but then after seeing it with the video and listening to it again, I'm like, actually, this this this, this is a dope track. The two that I want to shout out real quick before we move on is Sandwich Bag. Yeah. It's not the strongest track, but it is like a capital V vibe. It is oh, just yeah. such a cool vibe to hang out, and I love that song a lot. You know what? I've got one more song that I really want to shout out, and it's simply because of the sample. Crippia enthusiasm. The fact that, that yeah, exactly. The current yeah. enthusiasm theme song, and like they chopped that up and mixed it up, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, like that was one of my like shoutouts because I love that he did it. I don't love the song because it actually gets a little old after a while, like with the Kirby and enthusiasm thing, at least for me. For but me. I love that he did it, and it was it's a move, and I like that. I think simply because he did that and because he made that move and I think he executed it well <laughs> that I'm just, I, I loved every minute of it. Like every single time it made a comeback, although the, like it wasn't consistent throughout, which was sort of weird, like when certain parts kicked in, but um, 
I don't know. I, I fucking loved it. Also, I kind of have to shout out, I, dude, the more we talked about this, I think the more I'm loving it because I'm going through track by track. Got to keep pushing. I kind of love T.I. on this, too. T.I.'s good on it. He had the South representing on this, too. Like, I love the fact that we had him in, in Sleepy Brown on this. It was it was I like that track a lot, too. And honestly, it, I love uh, we don't we don't got to worry no more with Wiz Khalifa, because when Wiz Khalifa was like huge in the late 2000s, early 2010s, I always kind of felt like he was an evolution of Snoop with his whole weed thing. For sure. It's just like a Pittsburgh version of Snoop. So there's a lot of interconnectedness with the features. You know, we talked about Nas and kind of having them together, the game in him, Wiz Khalifa in him. So like a lot of the features are very specific and intentional and i really like that about him so i really like we ain't uh we don't gotta worry no more it's a great song too so there's a lot of great songs on this album yeah i mean kind of going back to what we were talking about before it's just it it was this sort of almost like him reminiscing about the old and then also just sort of showing where his influences have been meaning like who he has influenced and i think someone like wiz khalifa is it's got to be a big one on there. So it's just like, it's representing all these different, he just hits so many different themes on this, the more you sort of think about it. And I mean, you know, with, with sort of just including all the different, I guess the different areas of rap, meaning more like locales, like the East, the West, the South, like all that sort of shit that to include all that and just do everything that he, that he did on that. I mean, also too, with the song, like get this dick. I mean, it's just sort of, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the last thing I want to do, I had, you know, you covered one of my stray observations, but I had one other one that I wanted to share because when I was listening to it, I've gone through this record like three times and, you know, one of the times I was just kind of like in the middle of a Madden game and I just had the record on. And one of the things that kept standing out to me was the number of times that he talked about cryptocurrency and NFTs on this record. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and how he mentioned like yo what's the sandbox you mean sand token no 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 sandbox <laughs> she just like he gets told that and he still like refers to it as sandbox in the in, in in the thing yeah apparently he's very much into cryptocurrency did you hear what he's doing with death row yeah i well i gotta be honest and so i want this is what part of what i wanted to talk about like do you understand any of this no, like, really? Idea. Which I know what it is, but like I can't wrap my head around like why it exists and why people would do this. That's yeah. what I'm struggling with. I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, cryptocurrency really in general, but he apparently says that he collected over 17 million dollars worth of NFTs. And I think he made, yeah, he said he made what is it? He mean his he minted, I'm sorry, he minted his own NFT last year, one of which sold for the equivalent of nearly seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Ethereum coin? Ethereum coin is a type of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> but like what? <laughs> and apparently he like had twenty-five thousand NFT stash boxes throughout his new album i don't know what the fuck that means and how anyone's able to like acquire these he wants to he literally is saying he wants to bring he wants death row to be the first nft major label i know what he's saying in terms of how he's going to do that apparently with these stash boxes but like what the fuck he also wants to have it in the metaverse (laughs) 
What is happening? <laughs> There's this whole world on the internet that I just can't wrap my head around. And I like, I don't get it because these NFTs are just like things. And someone tried to explain it to me. Like, so imagine you have the original Monet. Like when you acquire an NFT, it's essentially like you're acquiring the d- digital version of like the original Monet. Okay. But then I was like, all right, but when you get the original Monet, like it's this thing, right? And then everyone has prints of it. And obviously the prints aren't the original, but in the NFT thing, all the prints of it are exactly the same as the original. So I don't get why it has value. I just want them to explain to me why this is important. I mean, I know everyone's like making money on it and it's sort of just, it runs sort of like the stock exchange. You add value to it. Yeah, exactly. Like it is. And it's like all money in economy is invented. So they've just invented their own kind, but I just don't understand why. (laughs) And how you're able to like pay for goods and services with it. There are fucking MMA. Like, I don't know that you can definitely do that, but it somehow translates into money. But like, like fucking, and I'm I'm going to sound like an idiot on this because people have explained it to me. I've read things about it, and I'm just like, I listen. I know this could be important to me, but I just don't care. <laughs> and I know like MMA fighters are getting paid in Bitcoin, like or just cryptocurrency. Like I, I don't know. I think the fact that everyone everyone is getting involved in <laughs> things, and now it's becoming like it's now being pushed by celebrities. Like literally, the UFC has partnered with a cryptocurrency company where their logo is on all of the shirts that they walk out in like it's i just i don't matt, know matt damon's doing crypto commercials <laughs> oh my god yeah dude that one is so fucking crazy it's so weird and i just like he's walking through different worlds like snoop dogg was walking through houses during the halftime show like, i i get it fundamentally but i also don't get why i should care that's what no one's been able to explain to me yet is like why should i care about this thing can make you money that's why you should care but so could like gambling on sports and i actually know about sports so like i'll just do that instead with my money (laughs) i mean sure no that's fair but like wouldn't you want to own a digital wouldn't you want to own any of a beeple and i don't even know what that fucking shit was but i saw that it sold for some ridiculous amount of money (laughs) yo i I, i'd been following him for a few years too before this whole nft thing became a thing and I'm, i'm i'm so happy for him but i He's able to make a bunch of fucking money off of this shit. So, yeah, what? honestly, good for you guys. I just wish someone sh- could explain to me why I should care. Um, I don't let's know. Get out of this I mean, before we get any further down this rabbit hole. I just want to know why owning a digital version of something. That's is, what I don't get. I don't I, get why it's valuable. However, can I just mention one last thing before we move on? When he fought Robert Whitaker last weekend, they did the face offs, they did a couple face offs. What he was wearing around his chain or on his chain that was wrapped around his neck. It was a fucking NFT of him knocking out Robert Whitaker in their first fight. How can so, you wear an NFT? I thought the NFT was digital. It was. And it was a GIF. So that he printed it and put it on a chain? Yep. Okay. No, he didn't print it. It was literally replaying. Oh, over. it was like a screen on the chain. It was a fucking GIF, dude. <laughs> Talk about a crazy-ass flex. That's a flex. Well, that's kind of cool. So I guess points for that. <laughs> Did I help in explaining to you why you should care? <laughs> I mean, I kind of want that, but I don't have anything that I'd be able to flex enough on someone that I could put it on a chain. So I guess I got to step my game up in real life to have that. 
I guess I can make an NFT of like a past article I wrote about someone who got in trouble and just put it on there. Yeah, there's that. All right. So we should be, we would be remiss in all this discussion if we didn't mention that a couple of days ago, Snoop Dogg did have a sexual assault allegation come out against him. Um, we don't know a lot about it because Snoop Dogg's been in the news for so many other reasons that like, this was honestly like page three on Google news, um, not page one, which no one, no one really, no one really talked about it. Yeah. So it was, covered. I don't know we, what we will say or what I will say being, you, you can obviously speak for yourself, but what I will say is we will take back if this is true, because we obviously don't support this kind of behavior. Um, we will take back that he won this year, but for now, he has won this year in my mind. <laughs> he has won 1993, and he's won this year. I mean, so she's suing him. There, this 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 woman is suing him, and and one of his associates, one of which I'm not uh, familiar of, uh, with basically both of them forcing their penises into her face. In Snoop's situation, it was she apparently. <sighs> I don't know. We can cut this part out if it's too much. He, he apparently did this while she was pooping. Which, like, I just, I just, I kind of want to see how this plays out with that detail. I was like, that's, that's an insane, that, that is a crazy story. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. But it's like, are, what? Really? Snoop? That's weird. It, and, and it's just one of those things where it's like, the more you find out of peop- about people. Always. It never goes well. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get out of here. You can follow us on Instagram at Back Porch Media and on Twitter at Porchback Media, and you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. And you can rate and you can review and you can leave nice comments if you feel like it. And we'd appreciate it if you did that. So nice if you if you did it. It would be really nice. Also, I just want to know what everyone else's thoughts are on the song "Get This Dick." I think it's. <laughs> get this dick <laughs> really yeah if anyone else kind of feels the same way that i do where much like some people will have a you know mariachi band come and play at their dinner table when they're at a mexican restaurant or you know a person does like a hug a gram or whatever else on someone's birthday or when they're feeling sad if you just want to have this vibe from that song this entire time and have it following you around let me know if you agree that you want it to be following you around like i do yeah, and then you and Beam can hire Lil Duval and the other guy to just follow you around and do it. How much money would that cost in NFTs? I don't know if that's <laughs> currency. I don't. All right, we got to get out of here. See y'all. Bye, everyone. Bye.